Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm Paul Comfort. On today's edition, we head to upstate New York, where we talk to the CEO of the Rochester Genesee Regional Transit System, Bill Carpenter. Bill has the unique perspective of bringing in a 35% cost recovery ratio, one of the highest in the nation. We'll talk to him about how he does it in his 70 service contracts with agencies, educational and otherwise, around his system. All that on today's edition of Transit Unplugged. What does it mean to be a successful public transit agency? What are you doing to lead the way? It's time to learn from the top transit professionals in North America. This is Transit Unplugged with your host, Paul Comfort. Hi, this is Paul Comfort, and today's podcast guest is Bill Carpenter, CEO of the Rochester Genesee Regional Transit Service. Bill, great to have you with us. Hey, Paul, great to be with you. So uh, we spent about the last hour, and he's been showing me around his operation. You've got quite an impressive operation here. Well, thank you. It's uh, We had solid leadership before I got here, and we've got great leadership, a great board, and uh, looking to do great things in our community. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your career and how you ended up here as CEO of this transit system. Sure. I spent most of my career uh, through the late 40s in the private sector, got involved with local government uh, about uh, 15 years ago, 13 years ago, uh, and then went back to the private sector and was asked to join the board here at the Authority. Uh, oh, you were a board member. Well, I was in the process of joining the board. Okay, uh, all right. In New York State, uh, it requires a nomination by a local official, then confirmation, uh, then appointment by the governor, and then confirmation by the state senate. And it was about two years from the time I was asked till nearly uh, being confirmed. Um, and at that point in time, uh, the CEO at that point, Mark Ash, said, hey, you're almost on the board. I want you to be thinking about who the next CEO might be because I think next year might be my last year. Uh, and at that point, we began talking about, hey, rather than join the board, let's talk about what's needed to be a, a good CEO here. And a few months later, I joined as a chief operating officer uh, with the prospects that when the board did its interview, I could be considered uh, as an ex-CEO, which six years ago, uh, the board made it official. Very good. And so uh, you were mentioning you were in county government. That's something you and I had similarly. What were you doing in county government? Uh, I started in county government overseeing the county budget, a $1 billion county budget. Which county was that? Uh, Monroe County, where okay. Rochester, New York is um, the county seat. So you were the CFO, basically, of the county government? Well, the the, the budget officer put together the budget for the departments, gotcha. and then okay. there was a, a finance officer who took care of what I'd call the transactional elements of it after the budget was right. passed. Right, sure, yeah. Uh, but working with the county executive, what policies do you want funded? What policies uh, should we reduce the funding for? And then how do we find creative investments that over the long term uh, will lower the cost of government, provide a better community? Uh, and shortly uh, after I was named budget director, uh, was also named uh, my favorite moniker, favorite title was Medicaid czar. Ah. Uh, a huge uh, health insurance program for the poor in New York State, but for Monroe County, uh, I oversaw the audit and compliance of the program. Uh, and through an audit program piloted uh, through the state of New York, uh, found millions of dollars of recoveries for taxpayers um, and made the Medicaid program uh, have more integrity here locally. 
That's something. Now, was that over the Medicaid transportation as well as uh, regular doctor's visits? Uh, here in Monroe County, uh, the county did not deal with the transportation. That was uh, a contract uh, they had outsourced, so Medicaid recipients called a third party to get their transportation. Uh, so coming here and uh, being in an agency that provides transportation for people to get to health care is um, um, some type of symbolism, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, what I was looking for is primarily providers that uh, were taking advantage of the system, costing taxpayers more than they should be paying, and uh, making more of the money go towards the recipients who needed it. That's great. So you've been here six years as CEO of, of uh, the Regional Transit Service. Give us the kind of outline of the service itself. How many vehicles, how many passengers, what's the service area, those kind of things. Uh, we have an eight-county service area. Total population is about 1.2 million. It's seven rural counties, and then Monroe County um, has about three-quarters of a million people. It's a more typical urban uh, transit system. Uh, total vehicle count is 451. Uh, we serve about 17 million customers per year. Uh, have 900 employees and an operating budget about $95 million annually and another $30 million uh, capital budget right now. And you have a board of directors? Uh, we have a board of commissioners, okay. uh, 13 members, uh, plus one union representative for a total of 14. The seven rural counties each have one commissioner on the board, and then the county of Monroe uh, has three commissioners. The city of Rochester has three commissioners. And our largest union, the ATU, also has a non-voting member on the board. Very good. And so are they all contributing members to the budget? So you, you put you get skin in the game, so you get a member on the board kind of a thing? Yeah, here in New York State, uh, very fortunate that the state government, in particular Governor Cuomo, uh, heavily invests both in operating aid as well as capital dollars. So about 40% of our budget uh, comes from the state of New York. Uh, each of the participating counties that we serve also have a small contribution on their budget as well as collect a portion of the mortgage recording tax. Uh, and then we have a fare. Uh, we're nationally known for our dollar fare, but then the business partnerships that we have, over 70 business partners that um, when someone wants us to come at a particular time or a particular distance or a particular frequency uh, that's not funded by taxpayers, we partner with that business, and they don't have to buy the bus. They don't have to hire the operator. They just pay the marginal cost, and that arrangement has worked out very well, and our cost recovery is over 35%, which is very high in this industry, uh, and we're going to the places the community needs us most. So you basically have, wow, 35%, not really fair box, but cost recovery model. That is amazing. Yeah, we that, have, that's got to be some kind of a national model. Uh, we have more revenue coming in from our business partnerships than we do from our dollar fare. So give me some, because this is something I think that transit systems across the country who are looking for ways to supplement uh, public financial assistance to them might be interested in. Uh, give me some examples of that. Is like colleges or schools or who's, who's paying for these kind of things? Uh, we have uh, colleges and universities, uh, one of the local colleges, uh, Rochester Institute of Technology, uh, known around the world for their programs. Friday and Saturday night, we're taking their students from their campus, which is a distance from downtown Rochester. And what I like to say is we take their students, allow them to drink in <laughs> what downtown Rochester has to offer. And uh, they get to enjoy themselves. And uh, we provide safe transportation home. And 
they begin to kind of sleep off uh, everything that they've taken in. <laughs> uh, but we don't have drunk drivers out on the road. Uh, we've got uh, a nursing home, and I, I think this is really the, the constraint and benefit of the system. We have a nursing home that's about three miles past where the route would typically end. Uh, they pay us to go there seven and eight in the morning, three o'clock in the afternoon, five o'clock in the afternoon, 11 o'clock at night. So their workers have bus service right to their campus. And they pay us from where that normal route, we have regular service throughout the day to an endpoint. They then pay us uh, about $30,000 a year for the marginal cost to get their employees to the front door. They can now advertise on a bus line. They keep higher uh, retention of their employees that way. Uh, before we did this, employees would have to walk that two and a half, three miles. And in Rochester, New York, we get what you call weather. Yeah. Uh, and their employees would have to do that. So some transit agencies would go there all the time, spend a lot of money right. wastefully. Right. Other transit agencies would say, this is as far as we go and no further. Uh, we're very much focused on what does that business need us to do. But then we say, if that's what you need us to do, here's what it's going to cost you for us to have a partnership. So you uh, charge, you calculate what it would cost for the fuel and depreciation on the vehicle and the driver, those kind of things, and then charge them 100% of that? Correct. That's, well, that's very innovative. Market-driven, that's wonderful. And meeting the needs of your community. Correct. Without having to have taxpayers subsidize something. Where you and I were talking about that over lunch, how that uh, these major employers getting service for them when they need it. That's key, isn't it? To have transit really do more of an economic development spin on things. Yeah, the, the element about transit uh, that I think those of us in the industry understand better than those outside the industry, but we know it so well we don't talk about it. Uh, that public transit is really about economic growth. It's about mobility to jobs, to retail, to education, to healthcare. And those uh, transit agencies that succeed at getting their customers to those destinations provide a great service to the community, an economic boost. And then transit uh, is good employment. And we've mm -hmm. got uh, great relationships with our unions here, our employees. Uh, we're not looking to pay them the lowest possible wage. We're looking for them to be good contributors to the community as well. Uh, so that's uh, so our customers benefit from really trained professionals, a um, lot of longevity uh, amongst our staff. What uh, kind of turnover do you have? Very modest turnover. That's great. Uh, so it's it really is uh, a great place to work, great place to make the community better. Um, now, do you outsource any of your work? A lot of transit systems across America will outsource their paratransit or whatever. How do you do things here at Rochester? Uh, we provide uh, service uh, ourselves. Okay. Very good. Um, so what are some of the challenges you're facing now and how are you facing them? I know that you're working on some route uh, reconstruction like a lot of cities, Houston, Baltimore, Seattle have done. Tell us about that and any, anything else uh, new and innovative you're working on. Sure. Uh, uh, two and a half years ago, uh, November uh, 28th, 2014, uh, we opened our transit center and anyone from the industry that comes to visit it recognizes just how beautiful and how visionary this transit center is. Uh, it won the American Public Works Association Award nationally, uh, won the local award, the state award, and won the national award in 2015. Uh, it's a $50 million facility. 
meant for people who use bus as a transportation vehicle, but it's not for what call bus customers. It's for people who use transportation. It's got a climate controlled facility, great security, public restrooms, ticket vending machines. Um, we've got boards that can just point to where you want to go and it will calculate the route to get there. Customer service staff on hand. Uh, so just a great, warm, comfortable facility, information and technology rich. Uh, so it makes it easy for someone to come into our community and say, how does your system work? Boy, I understand it, I get it. Uh, but people uh, in our community, just like every community, as gas prices have gone down, the economy's improved, they're saying, gee, should I take the personal car uh, or should I stick with public transit? Uh, so we are looking to do a complete redesign of our system, integrating the other mobility options like ride sharing, zip car, bike share, van pool. How do those products integrate with a robust public transit system? And I would say 18 or 24 months from now, uh, you will see our system looking much differently. We'll have more varied products uh, out on the street, shuttle services, van pool products. We already participate in the bike share program. Uh, so that when someone comes into town, they'll go to our website. Uh, I expect we'll have an app that they can pay and use any of those services, and we'll have partnership arrangements uh, with the other service providers. So a person just has to go one place, make one payment, and uh, be able to use any of the options that are available in the community. You mentioned earlier some neat technology that you have at your transit center. So these are boards that people can like touch and they'll get real-time information? Uh, so if you uh, go to the transit center, just like uh, if you go to an airport frequently, you'll find that your bus always leaves from the same gate. Uh, there's uh, boards at that gate uh, giving the next three times for a bus to leave. If it's uh, getting just like an airline, if it's ready to board, it's green. You okay. better get out there. If it's running late, it will flash that it's running late. Uh, but then. Uh, near the ticket vending machines, if you're saying, geez, I'd rather take my regular bus. Uh, I wanna, there's a festival in town. There's a concert I wanna go to. They just go over to the board. They put in the location that they're trying to get to. It's really point click and uh, the screen will come up with, if you wanna walk, here's how long it takes. If you wanna take the bus, here's the bus routes to take. If you're leaving now, here's what gate you should leave from. And here's how long it'll take you to get wow, there. That's phenomenal. So uh, what would you say uh, t about the role of technology in transit systems staying relevant in the 21st century to today's passengers? Uh, so everyone has a smartphone. They're used to everything being visual. visual. Uh, the idea of being at a bus stop and looking down the road to see if the bus is coming uh, is yesterday's news. Uh, it's like the cell phone you used to have. It was a brick attached to your car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was state-of-the-art at one time. It's nonsense now. Uh, so you really need to make that information real to people. You need to find a way to visually provide information, real-time information, uh, and that's what we're doing here at RTS. That's great. Are there any other innovations or challenges you're facing that you'd like to tell us about? Well, I think the future uh, is terrifically exciting and wonderfully unknown. Uh, I think you have to have a management team, which we have here, that's ready to embrace those unknowns, uh, put together, take some risk, uh, working together with the community, listening hard to customers and funders, and say, here's what we can offer this community and really make a difference uh, for how people can live, work, and play 
uh, here in our community. And uh, I think of uh, when the uh, phones were uh, coming out in 2003, 2004, I had a, a StarTac Motorola phone, analog and digital, great phone, you drop it, it never broke. Uh, and they took it away from me <laughs> because someone had invented Facebook. That all of a sudden, mm. that piece of equipment had a whole other use. And I think transportation and mobility are going to go through that same type of transitional model that the bus provided point-to-point -point, uh, transportation, but as a transit authority, if you're the community's public transit provider, you're going to have to think about how do people want to get around these days and what are the products that we need to offer so that we can be as relevant today, as important today, into the future uh, as we've been for generations. Very good. Uh, last question would be, um, we, we, you, you and I have both been members of our national association, the American Public Transit Association, and I know you were an active member of the board for many years. What do you see as the role of transit generally across America, kind of from a macro perspective? We've been talking about what you're doing here in, in Rochester or in New York, uh, but um, talk to us about your vision for what you see transit doing and being for America. Well, I think uh, when you put the question that way, it's all about supporting the economy and growing the economy. It's getting people from where they are to where they need to go. There's more and more seniors that need to get to health care and need to get to adult care. They want to stay in their home. We can be that provider. Millennials that don't want to own a car, mm -hmm. we can be that provider. But it's not going to be 40-foot buses going from bus stop to bus stop to bus stop. We've got to break out of our own mindset and look at what are all those opportunities and make mobility and public transit much more valuable in people's lives. It will help our economy become everything it can be and uh, us to remain world leaders. Excellent. Um, where can I vote for you? <laughs> so uh, if people want to know more about your transit system, where can they go to get more information? Uh, I love our website name. It's myrts.com. Ah, very good. Myrts.com. And uh, all the information is there. And I uh, hope we get a lot of visitors. And Paul, thanks for coming by today. Yeah, excellent. Thank you for having us. We've been talking to Bill Carpenter, the CEO of uh, Rochester, Genesee, New York Regional Transit Service. You've been listening to Transit Unplugged, powered by Trapeze Group. To stay up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or join the conversation at transitunplugged.com. Thanks for listening.